This is our first podcast in about three weeks. I suppose an apology is in order. Uh, I have been a little bit ill over the last uh, few weeks. I've cancelled some of my trips um, to return back to Toronto and try to recover. But I will be travelling again in about five days. If you're following the blog, you know that I've um, reinitiated the Istanbul leg of the trip and I will be back in Istanbul and all the meetings will go ahead as planned. From there, I'll be returning to Kiev, going on to Moscow and then Southeast Asia, uh, possibly North Africa, maybe South America and then back into North America. And, you know, things are very flexible, so there may even be other uh, legs we haven't booked yet that will come through. But I think the purpose of today's call is to maybe to talk about the lifestyle of consulting a bit more. Um, I have written about it many times. I have put up many different podcasts uh, in a day in the life of different partners and so on. But I thought maybe I could talk more about it around a slightly different topic around the lifestyle of a management consultant. Now, even though I've left management consulting for a good few years, I would have to say that the lifestyle we follow when we run the business is almost exactly the same as when we were consulting partners. In fact, in some ways, the lifestyle is even more hectic because there's so many clients we have to deal with, but so few of us. And one of the things that I think is important for you to understand is the kind of I would say, wouldn't exactly say stress that you that you put yourself under, but the kind of behaviors and the kind of things that you are, maybe the word is forced to do, to manage the hectic demands. So let me give you an example of what I mean by this. I suppose it's best to explain this. In a typical day, in a typical week, it would not be an exaggeration to say that we well, I personally, I mean, some of the other coaches probably see more sunlight than me, but maybe I see sunlight once or twice a week. Now, this is not an exaggeration. You probably think I'm an exaggeration, exaggerating. Let me explain what I mean by this. In a typical week, and we work through the weekends, right? Our calls start at, let's say, 6.30, sometimes 6 a.m., depending on the client, and we deal with them the whole day. So we've got different clients calling at all times of the day, and I work uh, out of our offices in the distillery district, our, our new offices. And while there is sunlight, we've designed the offices in such a way that there's no sunlight streaming in, so it's pretty much a closed space. If the, if the calls start very early, in some cases, some people want to do a call at 4 in the morning, it just so happens it works out that way, then I'll try to do as many calls as I can from my home study. And given the nature of the way we book calls, there's no 30 minute or an hour gap for me to, you know, get into my suit and go into the office. I'll just do the calls from home. I'll do all the training from home. Weekends are even more hectic. In a weekend, we definitely start the morning at 6 a.m. We start the morning at 6 a.m. because most weekends, uh, in fact, all throughout the entire summer and most of winter this year, we'll be doing corporate training for our corporate clients. Those sessions start at 6 a.m. for us because we need to go into the hotel and we need to um, set up the facilities to do the training. And those sessions last the whole day. They start for the client from 8 o'clock. Some clients start earlier, 7 o'clock, 7.30. And we work until 8 o'clock and sometimes 10 o'clock, usually 10 o'clock. And the reasons we run it so aggressively is because we only have the weekend with the client. We only have a Friday night with them when they usually meet us at the hotel. We then have Saturday with them. We then have Sunday with them. We have a lot of material to cover. So the point I'm trying to make here is that the lifestyle for consulting is quite hectic. And what happened to me in my case is that... Um, I wasn't going into the sun enough. In fact, this week, 
I returned back to Toronto on the weekend. I have yet to see any sunlight. I've not left um, the office during uh, the day because we've had so many calls to manage all the meetings that I had cancelled uh, in Baku for this week. I've had to run it over the internet and so on. So there's quite a lot to do. But the point is that because I'm not getting any sunlight, I'm not getting a certain kind of vitamin and excessive travel, uh, living in air-conditioned environments, it affects your uh, immune system. So I picked up um, a cold. It's kind of a bacterial infection. I think it's cold. That's what the doctor says. It's a kind of cold. It's an unusual kind of cold, which I've never had before. It kind of knocked me out for a few days. The point is, consulting lifestyle is a bit hectic. I mean, you're always going to hear about it. People always tell you it's an there's a lot of hours of traveling and so on, but you never really understand what it's like until you're on a project. And a good example to explain it in a different way is that um, we've been in Moscow quite a bit over the last few weeks. We, we were in Baku. Uh, I was there for just a day and then I had to return. But I'm going to be in Jakarta later and so on. But what happens is that even in those parts of the world, right, we're probably going to leave the hotel, say, around 6.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock to get to where we're trying to get to. And most of our sessions are going to be indoors. Even when we, we, we book sessions with clients, most of those hotels have tinted windows. So what happens is you'll be sitting in a room, you'll be next to the window, but you're not getting the proper kind of sunlight. Everything is absorbed or reflected by the glass. So what you're getting is, you, no matter how warm the country is, even if it's 40 degrees Celsius, you're looking out there and you see everything through this dark tinted haze. It's like... The rest of the world is seen through tinted sunglasses. And after a few days of going through this, you start, you, you're not sure exactly how hot it is outside and you kind of have to assume what the temperature is. It's only when you go out at night and that you know, blast of hot air gets you that you realize how bad it is. But the point I'm trying to make is that this does tend to have an effect on you. I mean, there have been situations where I will go three weeks without seeing proper sunlight. It's not an exaggeration. Uh, last year was like this. The previous year was like this when I was traveling through Southeast Asia. Um, before firms consulting really grew into dealing with clients trying to target um, uh, consulting firms to join, aspiring consultants, and the big bulk of our business was the outsourcing business, and then we, we built our uh, corporate training business. And it was a typical situation in that case where we'd be working with clients the whole day in a hotel, teaching them how to be consultants, and we'd only leave in the afternoon. And there was a situation when I was in um, Southeast Asia, and it was really hot. I mean, the temperature was probably 42 to 38 on most days, but we would be leaving the hotel when it was the sun was, hadn't come up yet. We'd arrive at the hotel. We'd be in the hotel the entire day. We would never step out of the hotel. We wouldn't even go into a courtyard. We would not even go into you know, any of the uh, gardens and so on. So it would be totally inside. And we would be um, doing this on a repeated basis. There was a period for three weeks where I saw no sunlight, which is kind of a, you know, damaging for your body. But the point I'm trying to make here is that the consulting lifestyle can be very hectic. I mean, even though we've left, I think we run ourselves even harder than we used to before. And I do have some advice for people who are moving into consulting because I think that you need to be aware of this. The first thing is that you don't have to have this lifestyle. Um, there are many people that I've seen who, and my colleagues as well, who I think 
develop better balance. So you can be, you know, depending on the firm you work at, you're probably not going to have this lifestyle. The, the majority of firms, even at McKinsey and BCG, you're not going to have this lifestyle. I would say especially at BCG, you you will likely not have this lifestyle because the Boston Consulting Group is placing an enormous emphasis on, you know, uh, lifestyle balance, work-lifestyle balance. So you're not going to have this lifestyle. You can do very well, be very successful and not have this lifestyle. But I suppose it depends on what you define as success, right? If you just want to progress every get promoted every year and a half every two years and that makes you happy then it's fine you probably don't need this kind of lifestyle but if you're really trying to shoot the lights out and move through the firm very rapidly you have to set yourself apart from everyone else and it depends on how much you want to work now i do as i will admit that i do take things to extreme i mean i have this habit of spending the whole night doing a presentation and the next morning i'll decide hmm I don't like the presentation. I think it could be done better, so I'm going to redo it. And I do that all the time. So I think it depends on the kind of um, uh, commitment you have and what you're really trying to do. So just remember, the first point is you don't really need to have this lifestyle. The second point is that it, you know, there are a lot of myths about consulting. And to be honest, 90% of consultants don't work this hard. Um, I think I've seen it many times when I left, um, you know, as a partner, a few firms wanted to hire me and I spent some time with them and I did notice that in a lot of firms, the second tier firms, I noticed a lot of consultants come in and they work late because they feel it is the right thing to do. It's good for their image. And I don't think you ever want to fall into that trap where you work long hours because it's good for your image. I think what you want to do is you want to be outcomes driven. You want to work as much as needed but you want to measure your outcomes so don't fall into the trap of measuring the hours you work it's all about output it's all about productivity it's input it's output divided by input you want to increase your output and you know if you have to work 12 hours and you're just producing the same amount of work as someone who works nine hours then you really have a problem i think the the fourth point i want to make here is that you really can never uh, understand just how intense the consulting lifestyle is. Sure, you will come in and say, I'm just going to work as much as everyone else, but it depends on what you want. Uh, when, you, when you're an aspiring consultant, you just want to be at McKinsey or BCG or Bain or whatever it is. But once you join, you've already achieved that accomplishment. You're not competing against other people who went to Harvard, you know, Rhodes Scholars, Akerlof Scholars, and so on. The bar has just been reset. So that even though you 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 may believe that as soon as you get this, this is what you wanted, you don't need anything else. The reality is that your aspirations will change quite dramatically. And in fact, you know the vast majority of our clients really struggle once they move in, and they're not sure how to adjust. Some of them struggle because they're doing well, but they're not sure if they have the right ambitions. And others they have the right ambitions, but they're just struggling to keep up with the pace of work. So you need to really consider the kind of changes you're going to go through once you join because I know a lot of people start celebrating as soon as they get the offer but to be honest you shouldn't celebrate once you get the offer you need to immediately change your mindset and start thinking about what do you want to accomplish while you're as, as a consultant what is the end game you know you, you, the end game is not to be a consultant because that would be very sad to be honest consulting firms are finishing schools they're not destinations you don't go to a consulting firm to uh, be a management consultant forever. Sure, some people do that, but even the ones who are senior partners, senior directors, um, they have ambitions. And I was having lunch uh, a few days ago with one of the senior fellows from the Boston Consulting Group from the Toronto office. And we were talking about what his plans were. I mean, he's busy at the moment working with uh, family-owned businesses around the world, and he's traveling all over the world. And a really nice guy, really humble guy, 
probably one of the smartest minds BCG has, you know, worldwide acknowledged as one of the smartest people, one of the most influential consultants in the firm. But he's also one of the most humble people. And we were talking about, you know, what his plans were. He's obviously got a much more reduced role at the firm. But and I look at the guy and it's clear he wants to run a major business or he wants to run his own business. But he's just, he's not, he doesn't have what he feels is the right opportunity to take and run with it. So even for a guy of that stature who is widely regarded as one of the most influential consultants in the world, and he's had an illustrious career at the Boston Consulting Group and in other firms he's worked at, here he is, and he's still deciding what he wants to do after consulting. So the point is, you know, all the people that um, are trying to gain the consulting firms will think that I just get in and my life will be wonderful. It won't be wonderful. You you will just get in, and you'll realize very quickly that uh, you've got to reset your your your. Um, aspirations and that's what tends to drive the the need to push yourself beyond the limit because once you join you know if you were working in an industri industrial company and you join a consulting firm the average is much higher so just to be average you've got to really shoot the lights out and it's always sad for me when people that I know are being managed out of a firm and I see it a lot uh, people, they always contact me and say you know what can you help me? And I give them honest advice, and it's very clear to me people don't want honest advice. They want a lot of people who are writing to me want me to tell them that you know what you're going to leave McKinsey or wherever it is, and it's just going to be wonderful when you land in industry. It's not. You know that's the reality of the industry. Yes, for many people it's wonderful, far higher than the average for any other industry where you exit. But for a lot of people, it's not going to be so pleasant. You're going to get in, you're going to be um, celebrated in industry because you worked at McKinsey, but you're not going to get what you're actually looking for unless you plan for your exit. And to plan for your exit, you have to be one of the best in your field. And to be one of the best in your field, you unfortunately cannot work average hours. So... Uh, uh, I think what you need to consider as you make this transition into consulting is that the hours are going to be brutal if you want to shoot the lights out. If you want to just be promote progressing at an average pace, sure, that will make you happy. And if that's what you want, then you know the hours don't have to be excessive. But I think it really comes down to what the long-term game plan is. And that's a discussion most people don't have or not even considering. When I speak to people for screening calls, a few people ask them, what do you want to do after McKinsey? And they're not sure. A lot of people... In fact, I spoke to a Yale graduate who I thought was quite honest, and she asked me, you know, why do people go into consulting firms? And I told her, well, I can tell you why you're going to a consulting firm. You don't know what you want to do when you graduate. You have no idea, and that's okay. It's not bad, so don't worry about defending it. You don't know what you want to do, but you do know that people that go into McKinsey, BCG, Bain, Rollenberg, and so on, they end up getting some direction, and you want to get some direction. But while that may be a good model to follow there's a lot of people who end up there who still end up with no direction and you want to know what you want to do after consulting firms remember a con joining a consulting firm is a means to an end it's not the end so you need to plan that through and most people don't plan that through and sure you may not have the answers and so on and that's also okay but you should have some indication of where you want to go because depending on where you want to go you have to set your speed rate while you're at the consulting firm you have to choose the industries you want to be in and so on. Of course, you need to speak to the right people. You need to have good mentors to plan this. But I do find, I mean, one of the one of the best candidates I think we've ever had is one of the first candidates we had from Singapore. He, I'm just going to say he worked in the armed forces, not to give away his identity. But I liked him a lot because I thought that he was 
quite a mature guy. He planned well. He took the advice very well that we gave him. We gave very careful advice in terms of, you know, what you need to really think about exit strategies here. And this was even before he started working, you know. And, and he comes back to us often and says, this is what's happening. Am I doing the right things? And I think he'll do very well. I mean, he, he may not know it himself that he'll do very well, but I can see that he has the makings of someone who will really do a good job. We had another candidate who I thought was exceptional uh, one of our early candidates as well from mexico and he got into several firms that he wanted to and we were talking about you know how do you make these decisions and which firm do you choose what is your rationale for choosing it and it was never about salaries you know which i f was quite proud that he was not making a decision on salary he was making it based on his capabilities how he could distinguish himself where he wanted to go what his growth potential would be what the training would be and that's the way you need to make these decisions and the bottom line is that what you will achieve comes back to what you put into it. And I know everyone says you, I can work hard. I'm not really, to, I'm going to be quite frank, it doesn't, no one cares if you can work hard. It's whether you can work smart that counts. If you can work hard and you can work smart, then you're in the ball game. But everyone says I can handle the pressure. And you, to be fair, you cannot handle the pressure because you don't know what it's like. Um, the consulting lifestyle is very tough. Um, you know, People always struggle. They struggle with storyboarding. They struggle with analysis. They struggle with hypotheses. We've got people from the gamut of consulting firms working with us. You know, PwC, Deloitte, um, Accenture, even AT Kearney people trying to break into the big three. And they always tell me I was a consultant and I know what it's like. But you are not a consultant at the big three. You don't know what it's like. You have no idea what it's like until you work there. Believe me. And we, some of the candidates get upset when we say this, but it's the truth. Our job is to tell you the truth. That's the objective of a good mentor. It's not to sugarcoat it for you. The point is it will be challenging to make the break. People always say, I worked at Deloitte. Well, Deloitte is not the big three. It's not even close to the big three. It's so far away, it's in another galaxy as far as we're concerned. The quality of the work, the value system, the intensity of the intellectual discussions, the style of writing, the vetting process, the training, the caliber of people you work with, the problems you face, the pride you put into the, your work, it's all different, right? And I've used this analogy before and I'll use it again because I think it's a very good analogy. You know, I always tell people both Brazil and Singapore have football teams. They have the same coaches, same tactics, playing by the same rule book, probably playing against the same teams, reading from the same manuals, but we agree they play different football, right? So the point is when you're making this transition, you must understand that you're probably playing football for Singapore. No offense to Singapore. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we all know Singapore doesn't have a great football team. But the point is that it's going to be a totally different ball game when you arrive and you play for one of the major teams. Now, just so anyone, everyone knows, this is just an analogy for management consulting. But the point is the lifestyle is quite hectic. And just to circle back to where we started off, right? You've got to take control of things because I think that it's up to you to make sure that you manage the pressure you put on yourself with the outcomes. You can never go in and say, you know what, I push myself too hard, I suffer from burnout. No one cares at the end of the day, and I'm going to be quite honest. No one really cares. They expect you to be able to manage yourself and control yourself. Sure, I had to return back to Toronto for a week, but we managed the transition very well. 
I was able to hold video conferences and teleconferences and, you know, Skype has whatever they call them, audio conferences with most of our clients. So we, we still know no break in terms of what we are trying to accomplish. And I think that's very important. You've got to manage yourself and you've got to know what your capabilities are. But do not underestimate how difficult the consulting lifestyle is. To operate at that high level for such a sustained period, uh, it takes a lot out of you. As always, if you have any comments, I know this is not a very um, specific uh, topic in this podcast, but I think it's important people understand the kind of lifestyle they will get and the kind of lifestyle they would want if they are trying to pursue certain goals. So please post any comments and I'll be happy to respond to it.